Matthew 7, 1-5 in the message. Don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticise their faults, unless of course you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbour's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's this whole travelling roadshow mentality all over again. Playing the holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that ugly sneer off your own face and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbour. Doesn't pull its punches, does it? Matthew 7, 1-5 In many ways we're coming to the end of what Jesus has to say but really we're just beginning because he's going to say soon you're really wise if you take all these sayings to heart and live by them. Here, here are your instructions then, live like this. That's the hard part. Right now he addresses our propensity to see faults in others whilst overlooking our own. He says, you haven't been called to a ministry of correction, my darling. Fault finding or judging is when we see something in another whilst looking straight past our own failures and shortcomings. Our eyes see the problem in the other person, ignoring the plank in our own eye, we magnify the speck in the eye of the other. What Jesus talks about here, Paul speaks about as the law of sowing and reaping in Galatians 6, 7-10. Yet another spiritual law comes into sight. That's what of, is of what you sow, you will surely reap. It goes right across life. We can't sow potatoes and reap rhubarb. Sowing a potato will result in a crop of potatoes. Sowing discord, unhappiness, depression, negativity, criticism and the like will surely result in that coming right back to us. It boomerangs. Right here is a division. There will be those who are happy in their misery and are not prepared to change and grow. Sober thought but true. Many excuse themselves by pointing to past hurts and wounds for their jaundiced eye and bad behaviour, protesting they can't possibly change because of this, which ignores the fact that they are new creations in the Christ. Again, many espouse the deeper Christian life, enjoying the thought of being in continuous fellowship with the Lord and moving in the unforced rhythms of grace. But when it comes to pay the man... Everything they want is placed back on the shelves as he says, uh, I have that now, please. Salvation, we find, is free, but it isn't cheap. We must walk in the reality of what Jesus is asking of us. We don't only refuse the old life in one sublime moment of surrender, but we do it consistently every time the old nature seeks to reinstate itself. It gets hard, very hard. This battle to take sides against our old self is continuous and unrelenting, but it can be won. In a moment of infatuation with Jesus, we say to him, I'm yours, take what you will. Then right at the point where we're desperate and it seems things can't get any worse, he comes seeking that which we volunteered so freely. He always extracts from us in a time of war what we gave him in a time of peace. No condemnation, he doesn't do that, but it's the human condition. We want the easy way, the cut across the park, the impartation, laying on of hands, magic. We do not like the idea of being stripped to be equipped, or of the crucified life, death on the instalment plan, 
And the moment the training really starts, the decibel level rises commensurately. So if you want to go on from here, a piece of advice for you. Learn to die quietly because no one wants to hear you scream. DQ. But there's no disgrace if you want to stop right here. If you're still with me, then let's get this show on the road. We've some way to go yet before the celestial city comes into sight. <laughs>